today on The Daily Charge. Subscribers bounce back and Netflix is flying high on the success of Stranger Things 3, setting a new watch time record. And Amazon workers unite to slam the company over warehouse conditions, climate change, and more. Today is Thursday, October 17th. I'm Joni Salzman. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. And here are today's top stories. Amazon workers are agitating and organizing to express more and more gripes against their giant overlord employer. Ben, what kind of things are Amazon employees fed up with and what are they doing about it? Okay, so there are so many. There are so (laughs) many things. There are at least seven different uh, employee activist groups that I found. Four of them are local warehouse worker groups. One of them is called Whole Worker, which is Whole Foods workers that Mm. are trying to unionize. Another one is called We Won't Build It, which is against Amazon working with ICE. And yet another one, this is one of the largest and most organized, is a climate change organization called Amazon Employees for Climate Justice. So there's a lot, and they're really focused on a lot of different things. So it sounds like some of them want to unionize. Other things aren't quite as much labor-related collective bargaining sort of things. How does it all fall in the spectrum? And how is Amazon reacting to all this activism? So those are great questions. Amazon's response seems to be that to a certain extent, they are actually responding and they are trying to make some small changes. Like, for instance, there was a protest in Egan in Minnesota. There were a bunch of folks that really got fed up that there wasn't enough uh, parking like on-site parking, specifically at that warehouse. And so they protested. They did a walkout, and they actually got management to specifically say, like, hey, we're going to try to do something about this. That's a really small example, but at the same time, it's actually helping create the snowball effect where uh, folks are standing up, putting their voice uh, out there, they're putting their names out there and saying specifically, like, hey, we want to make these changes. And it's really sparking some other activism in other areas. So, yeah, uh, Amazon seems to be responding in some areas, uh, in other areas. What about really like, aren't. what about the most like senior? Because some of these things, some of this activism is around some intrinsic elements to Amazon and its business. Are there, is there like response from? Higher, like the highest level of the company to this? Yes. And is it meaningful response? uh, I I mean, that can be debatable, obviously. So Jeff Bezos had an event in D.C. where he talked about this huge effort, this really ambitious plan to really try to make Amazon carbon neutral by 2040. And uh, the Amazon Employees for Climate Justice really, you know, Kind of promoted this and said like hey this is this is really great we've really tried to force this action really really quickly however they said that they were still going to do a big protest literally the next day yeah and they're trying to push amazon to do certain things that bezos said he doesn't want to do so for instance they want them to cut off ties with oil and gas companies bezos said like look we want to provide the best technologies for those types of companies. Insofar as like we won't build it, the anti-ice group, uh, Bezos has said, and and other folks have said, like we want to work with government agencies uh, across the board. So uh, in in certain aspects, they've been very clear about the fact that like, hey, we're not going to cut off ties with these certain businesses, Yeah. Uh, whether it's from a philosophical standpoint or a financial standpoint. I mean, you decide as yeah. far as um, why they don't want to do those things. And then quickly, how does this fit into what's happening more broadly? Yeah, so it's actually interesting that 
a good economy is causing a lot more employee activism. A lot of uh, employees like uh, the folks at GM that had just been striking have noticed that their companies are doing really, really well. They see those quarterly earnings reports and uh, they're wondering why their paychecks aren't getting any fatter or they're not increasing as much as maybe they would hope. So uh, interestingly enough, I talked to a management professor at UConn that said that usually during a recession or during downtimes, employees tend to be a little bit quieter because they're yeah. worried about layoffs. But right. in general, with these types of situations, they're like, hey, guys, like you guys are doing great. Management's doing great. Why aren't we seeing this, too? Why aren't we seeing our piece of the pie? Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Stranger Things saved Netflix. Well, not exactly, but Stranger Things is the company's most watched series, at least according to the highly selective cherry pick stats that Netflix very strategically drops every once in a while. Stranger Things was streamed by 64 million Netflix accounts in the last month. Not in the last month, but in its first month, so the first four weeks that it was released. And that helped Netflix to recover from some subscriber growth problems they had in the U.S. they reported six months ago. Uh, So what do you think? Are there... Oh, sorry. I need to let you ask me some questions. I want to ask you what you think. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? So, okay. Um, first of all, 64 million. What's interesting from reading your story is that it's really hard to do comparisons because you can't compare to Nielsen ratings. You can't compare to yeah. box office ratings. So is 64 million a lot? Like, yeah. is it way more than Bird Box? I feel like that it's was not. one of the first ones that Bird came Box out. Bird Box had 80 million accounts streaming in the first month. Um, I, but I think what's notable, so they've had two other things. I think it's only been two other titles that have been more watched in that first month, that first four week time period. Those were Bird Box and then the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston movie what? that I can't really? remember. Really? Adam Sandler's like, he's he goes gangbusters on Netflix. People uh, love it. All respect to Adam Sandler, <laughs> but I don't understand why people still watch those. It's very positive. But the point is what I'll give it up, I'll give it up to Stranger Things in that, you know, those two titles that had more viewing, those are Movies that get a lot of promotion, it's easier to get people into something when it hasn't been a third season of a show. Mm. Generally speaking, the first season of a show is always when, if it's going to be the most popular, it's usually in the first season, maybe the second. But after the second season, you start to see a wind down where people already, there aren't as many people, people have already decided whether they're into it or not. It's not usually something that gains in momentum once you start getting to the third, fourth season. Um, so that's that shows the continued strength of yeah. uh, Stranger Things. One other element that I thought was interesting was Reed Hastings sometime this year specifically said that, uh, you know, the streaming war that's expected right. to really kick off later this year into next year is is going to be trendy. It's going to really spark even more cord cutting. And this is actually good for the company. Obviously, that's self-serving from his perspective, right. because this means that like, oh, we're seeing a lot more competition and that's why it's a good thing. It also kind of made me think of... Um, Trump's quote about trade wars. Oh God, that, like, I have no stri- idea. Streaming wars. No idea. He was like, trade wars are are good and easy to win. I would so not it was compare. like a similar thing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to touch that because I don't really know the logic going on in trade wars. But um, yeah, Reed Hastings point, and it can be true. Like, there's some validity to it in that he says that all this competition about streaming services like Apple TV Plus is launching on November 1st. Disney Plus is the big kahuna. It's going to be launching on November 12th. There's a lot of attention to those that other services that are coming um early next year. And so his point is that, look, right now, yes, they're going to be competing for other they're going to be competing against us for subscribers, but really they think that they're going to be getting people to think, I don't need cable anymore. Mm. That's where they think that they're thinking that, that that all this discussion around streaming and how it can be a viable option for you and to serve all your entertainment needs means that people won't, the thing they'll be letting go won't be necessarily the like 
$16 to $11 Netflix account. It'll be the like $90 to $160 cable subscription. Yeah. So the pie could potentially grow. We'll see. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll see. Yeah. I think they're going to be excited. They said on the call last night, all the executives are like, we're going to be really glad when these things launch so we don't have to keep talking about them. Mm -hmm. That is true. I don't know if that'll be the actual case. We'll find out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Joni Salzman. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Can't get enough? Check out The Daily Supercharge, our extended post show with special features, audience Q&A, and in-depth reviews. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.